This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Smaller hike in interest rates in almost a year. Biden meets with McCarthy over what's going on with the debt crisis. And in the meantime, Tom Brady decides to retire for real this time. Hi, everybody. Kate Delaney will talk about Tom Brady when we go to the man cave in our next segment. First, let's start off with the U.S. Federal Reserve. They're showing a slowdown in their fight, I would think, against soaring inflation because of what they decided to do. They announced a quarter-point increase in the benchmark interest rate to a range of 4.5% to 4.75%. That's the smallest increase since March of last year. Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, said we've covered a lot of ground and the full effects of our rapid tightening so far are yet to be felt We still have more work to do. Inflation in the U.S. has been running at levels that have not been seen since the 80s, which, of course, has triggered a cost of living crisis as the price of everything from eggs. We know we talk about that constantly on this show to gas and rent really, really shot up a year ago. The Fed rate, which affects the interest rates on everything from business and personal loans to what we all know, mortgages, credit card rates was close to zero And then after the most rapid series of rises since the 80s, again, it's now at a level that was last seen in 2007. So it's interesting if you want to compare. In December, the annual rate of inflation fell to 6.5% from 7.1% in the previous month, and certainly well below the peak of 9.1% that was hit in June, the highest since 82 And you look at the housing market, it's slowed, and and major tech companies have announced large job cuts because they've had to rein in spending. So we're we're certainly seeing that uh, there. And it is about about watching the number. So the tight labor market has driven up wages, and the central bank, looking by what they've done, I think, believe that rising wages threaten inflation and then you get this wage price kind of spiral thing that they talk about and um powell says this is something that they can't allow to happen but then you look at the unemployment rate was 3.5 percent in december a 50-year low and on wednesday the labor department announced there were 11 million job openings in the u.s in December, almost two available jobs for every person looking for one, and an increase from November if we went back in that uh, in that direction. Uh, kind of a big wow, I would say. So then we look at the other side of numbers and look at a meeting between the Speaker of the House and the President and what will happen with that relationship because the speaker of the house works has to work somewhat with the president and there have been some acrimonious things that have happened in the past 
But when he left the White House, when he was assaulted, so to speak, with the reporters that were screaming questions out, uh, the House Speaker McCarthy said he saw potential common ground after meeting with the president for more than an hour on Wednesday to kick off some talks aimed at averting a potentially catastrophic, it would be, default on the national debt. He said that... uh, He and the president agreed to address the debt limit in a responsible way, and they're not discussing cutting Social Security or Medicare because that is a theory that's been pushed around. Every other debt limit crisis has been resolved before a default on payments to U.S. bondholders, sometimes, though, at the last minute. And there's often a lot of name-calling, finger-pointing, whatever you want to call it, and proposals that just don't make it. So these talks, how will they play out? You look at 2011 and 2013, big showdowns between the Republicans and then the Obama administration. And this is the part where you start. The president and the Speaker of the House negotiate. Biden said he's going to release his budget March 9th. He urged McCarthy to do the same, reminding the Speaker that Republicans routinely raise the debt ceiling without conditions during the Trump administration which is true. That did happen. So uh, the White House released their own statement that Biden thinks lawmakers will have separate negotiations about reducing the national debt and emphasize that congressional leaders have an obligation to ensure the debt limit is raised. Uh, Because do we default? Do we not pay the bills? I mean, you know this. They have until sometime in the summer to raise the debt ceiling. And that basically sets what you would call a statutory max on how much the federal government can borrow. The current limit is $31.4 trillion, which the U.S. has already hit. So we're in extraordinary measures to move money around to allow the government to meet obligations, payment obligations. But they could be done by June. That's the way that it's, it's looking and we haven't defaulted, and you think about what a default would be, because it would upend global economies, certainly the U.S. economy. So there's a lot at stake here, and a lot at stake for you and me. It's not just some nonsense coming out of Washington. It's crazy, the the squabbling and the hand-wringing and the nonsense that goes on when you talk about this but it's incredibly important. It means basically the government is not taking in enough money and, of course, spending more. It's just simple economics. But we're in a situation where it's about deciding what do you do now. Speaking of deciding what to do, Bob Bauer, the president's personal attorney, confirmed that they didn't find any classified documents, the authorities that came in, but they took for further review some materials and handwritten notes. Already the House was combed through, and of course an office and documents were found there that started this whole thing. Now it's a vacation home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. This is part of that investigation of the president's possible retention of more classified documents, but they didn't find anything with classified markings. It was a a three-and-a-half-hour search that happened on Wednesday morning in coordination with the president's attorney, who I just mentioned, Bob Bauer, and uh, they announced this is taking place, and they said they had discovered no classified documents at the home before 
but they were doing it again just to be consistent with the process. And it was part of this investigation that the Justice Department launched in November after Biden's personal attorneys found docs with classified markings in a Washington think tank office that he used after serving as VP. And then we know subsequently they found more classified material when they searched his home in Delaware. The, there were plenty of jokes to be had about the documents being found near his Corvette because it was released that that's where they found them in the garage. So what will the recommendations be? We wait and see how uh, that turns out. Biden's lawyers have downplayed the investigation, suggesting a small number of documents were retained inadvertently. And the president has said he has no regrets about how the White House has handled the disclosure of the discovery of those classified documents. I think VP Pence did him a favor when he had some classified documents. Crazy, crazy thing. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Arco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Arco Tea Club that now ships our super tea to over 100 countries. You too can order or get info about the original pure Pau Arco super tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Arco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of 12 cents per cup for the original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea. Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com. 
or by calling 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. everybody's talking about when it comes to the world of sports has to be the announcement by the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that uh, he was not coming back. It was a year ago when Tom Brady, I think the GOAT, the greatest of all time, he's won seven Super Bowls, announced he was retiring and everybody reacted to that and then 45 days later he unretired and other things in his personal life unraveled and then he went into a season with some really low lows and a couple of highs made it into the postseason but uh, did not do well in the postseason just one and out like that but uh brady went to a beach early in the morning and here's what he said and released on his twitter account good morning guys i'll get to the point right away i'm retiring for good i know the process uh was a pretty big deal last time so when i woke up this morning i figured i just press record and let you guys know first so i uh, won't be long-winded you only get one super emotional retirement essay and i used mine up last year so i really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me my family my friends my teammates my competitors Uh, i could go on forever there's too many um thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream i wouldn't change a thing Wow, you could tell he was so little emotional, but good for him that what he said that he already got his one big goodbye, and so this was it. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised that he decided to retire, especially with what was happening, you know, in Tampa and at the level that he used to play. Certainly wasn't playing at that level, but he was pretty incredible, spectacular at 45 to be playing. Uh, football the way that that he you know he had up to to that point and they did get into the post season after all but it was a very smart decision now he takes 375 million dollars and he'll end up as an analyst for fox and you can imagine people will be watching tom brady to see what he has to say about the games etc and it will be fun to see how he takes off in the broadcast uh, booth. So retiring after 23 seasons, sure, fire, Hall of Famer, first ballot. Yeah, we absolutely know that. So goodbye to Tom Brady. In the meantime, this week it's flag football. That's what the Pro Bowl is going to be between the AFC and the NFC. And then next week it's the Super Bowl, of course, the following Sunday. 
And in the meantime, the Eagles got a little bit of a jolt. The Eagles' Josh Sills has been indicted on rape and kidnapping charges in Ohio. The offensive lineman appeared in one game, though, for the Eagles this uh, season. The indictment states that Sills engaged in sexual activity that was non-consensual and held the victim against her will. It was reported to the police. An investigation was conducted. The case was presented to the grand jury. They recommended charges announced by Ohio prosecutors. So Sills was placed on the commissioner's exempt list, which means he may not participate in practices, playing games or travel with the team. He was signed by the Eagles as an undrafted free agent last off season. And uh, the Eagles are preparing for that Super Bowl matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, which will take place in Glendale, Arizona. They haven't really released any kind of a statement on the Sills situation, which is not uh, it's not surprising because he played the one game for them and they're focusing on what's happening in this next game against Kansas City, where they're favored by less than two points. At Sunday, it kicks at 6.30 Eastern. And a lot at stake here for the Eagles. They're back to the Super Bowl since the 2017 season. Different quarterback, different coach, a former Eagles coach, Andy Reid, who got them to the Super Bowl but never won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia on the opposing sideline as the the coach, of course, for the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. So in looking at the Super Bowl and looking at what's going to be uh, interesting prop bets, I mean, and the prop bet is things like who wins the coin toss, who scores first, uh, what is the first score is, you know, uh, field goal, what are the, uh, you know, all kinds of, of what we call prop bets, passing yards and rushing yards and, you know, statistics of all kinds around the players. This is what they call taking the action on different kinds of bets, like the first touchdown scorer in the game. Who will that be? Uh, the two, two plus touchdown score, three plus a late touchdown scorer in the game. I mean, you, if you can think about it, it's probably there somewhere in Vegas, you know, you can find you can find a bet that you might like even just first half or quarters or uh that kind of thing against the spread etc and entertainment props uh they'll put those up eventually uh halftime same thing you know sometimes they'll i'm sure this will be one of them how how long does it take to sing the national anthem that would be one of them for sure. So the Super Bowl is just, it's its almost like a holiday in the U.S. We're 10 days and 17 hours away from the Super Bowl. Sometimes people take off Monday because they have too much fun at the Super Bowl parties that they throw the day before. Even if they're football fans and their team is not in it. Uh, it's about that. It's about the commercials. It's about the food. It's about so much more. I mean, you have a hundred million plus people that watch this game. It is the biggest numbers that you can pull on uh, on TV. That's why 
the television networks and cable networks that are involved in football pay so much for the rights to football because they know that they're going to get eyeballs. Uh, And certainly on the Super Bowl, you absolutely, you know, you absolutely do. And, And it's interesting because of the pageantry side of it even. So for the Eagles, they're going to wear green jerseys uh, versus the white jerseys in Arizona. That was something they had to decide because, of course, like all teams, they have a couple of different uh, colors. And it's going to be green for them, the traditional home uniform. It's that Kelly green. And for Kansas City, they're going to wear red, which they've worn in their past three Super Bowls. And uh, they did debut white in the past. They have had that. But the Chiefs have won, have two wins and one loss in the red Super Bowl jerseys. So um, this is 57, Super Bowl 57. And this this could have been a prop bet, but just as a curious factor, in the 56 Super Bowls played so far, the team wearing white has won 36 times, opposed to the non-white teams, which have won 20 times. I don't know. What about red and Kelly green? What, what does that come out to? Does that, does it really have any kind of a factor? I guess if you're superstitious on certain things, uh, perhaps it, it could be right. But um, again, just another one of those silly observations that that's being talked about is what, what is the uniform and, how how much of an impact does the uniform have on somebody's head, I guess, when, when they're thinking about what's happening. Okay, off the, uh, the grid, other teams are dealing with, okay, what's next? We know this by now, but it's official. The owner of the Dallas Cowboys has said that Mike McCarthy, the coach, is going to call the plays in 2023. He says this is the logical step to build on, and it's what we've established, the foundation of the things that we have. And, um, you know, that's the way we're going to operate, and he's, he's going to call the, uh, the, the plays. And, and, of course, now they still have to fulfill some other openings, like quarterbacks and running backs coaches, before they get down to it, but they still have some time for that. that. This is what you do in football. If your team does well, there's not much of a shuffle unless somebody takes a bigger job as a head coach somewhere or they retire, but uh, they have a few spots that they're going to fill, that's for sure. All right, the man cave is closed for now. Stay with us. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp-made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. USA News Update. Senator Lindsey Graham advocating for a change in the law that shields social media companies from lawsuits. Group of senators questioning tech CEOs about the issue of sexual exploitation of children. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg testified that much has been done. Over the last eight years, we've built more than 30 different tools, resources, and features that parents can set time limits for their teens using our apps, see who they're following, or if they report someone for bullying. Graham expressed dissatisfaction with providing blanket liability protection to social media companies. Continued Iranian-backed attacks against U.S. and British warships in the Red Sea are likely. Houthi militants in Yemen, stating their opposition to perceived aggression by the U.S. and Britain, have expressed their intention to continue with the attacks. Former President Trump is considering hiring a new lawyer to appeal the verdict in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case. John Schaefer, USA News. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance.
pleased to welcome to America tonight Lee Halverson. His book is called Kong Catchers, A Soldier's Memories of Vietnam. Boy, do we have a fascinating off-air conversation. His book is a long, interesting, amazing read. It will take you on quite a journey. There's no question about it. And his life, I think, has been that kind of a ride. Lee, thanks for hopping on with us. You're welcome. So in Vietnam, at Vietnam, you were a dog handler. But before we get to that and what that was like and what you had to do around the perimeters and some of the fascinating stories that happened and some of the things you and your men did to actually help some children in in Vietnam and, and, and you cared about the people, before we go down that road, what was your road to going to Vietnam? Because you got married and then what happened? Well, two weeks after we were married, I was sent to Vietnam. I'm not sure I'm answering your question. Yeah, you are answering the question. So two, you're, you're just married two weeks, and yes. you should be enjoying your, your honeymoon and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, boom, you go. And how did your wife feel about that? Jenny? how'd she feel? Well, the high spot of that is we never had a single argument our first year of marriage. But uh, as far as far as Jenny is concerned, she had just graduated from Iowa State with a degree in English and speech. She interviewed uh, at least twenty schools to get a job, and her interviews went well. The uh, school board hesitated in every case about hiring her because she was married to a soldier. And they figured when I got back from Vietnam, I would swoop her away and go elsewhere, and they would lose her as a teacher, and they wanted someone that would be in that position for a long time. So she couldn't get a job as a teacher, and she ended up living with her sister in Los Angeles and waiting tables until I got back from Vietnam. Wow. So she's doing that. She's waiting. You're there. And when you get to Vietnam, what's that like for you in the role that you were playing? What was it like daily for you? Oh, the daily operation, there's two things that have to be protected in a war zone. One is food and the other is ammunition. Most of uh, we attack dog handlers were sent to either a food yard or a uh, ammo dump. Some were sent to helicopter pads, and our job was to protect the interior of whatever we had been assigned to. Uh, Generally, there was a lot of concertina wire around every facility, and our job was if anybody got through the perimeter, then we were to uh, put our dog on them, attack them. The dogs were really efficient. Uh, We had drugs were a big problem in Vietnam. Many, many soldiers used drugs. And frequently, like uh, at the ammo dump in Pleiku, that was uh, guarded by 24 attack dogs. It was a huge, huge ammo dump. And uh, the dopers would get together and have a pot party and not guard their uh, given area, and those of us that didn't use drugs would uh, periodically go through that 
post just because we knew somebody wasn't working it. And we had an occasion where there were four sappers. These are North Vietnamese soldiers with backpacks filled with plastic explosives. And if they get through, they throw the plastic explosives into the ammo dump and blow the whole thing up. And the dog handler caught four of them coming out of the last row of concertina wire. And his dog killed all four of them before any of them could throw a satchel charge into the ammo dump. Wow. That's how quick they were. Very efficient. Well, no kidding. You told me a story, too, that was fascinating about a little boy who became sort of your secret weapon by telling you when there was going to be attacks. Uh, Tell the listeners the story about how you met him. Sure. I was guarding a food yard. And again, my orders are anybody that comes through the concertina wire, I am to put the attack dog on whoever that is. Uh, It was... Uh, dusk, just uh, the sun had just gone down, and I saw this little boy, uh, he was eight years old, come through the last row of concertina wire, and he went directly to a garbage barrel, pulled out a rotten apple, and shoved the whole apple into his mouth, and just chewed and swallowed as fast as he could. And my orders were to attack that kid, well, I couldn't do it, you know, I I told you before, I'm a Christian, and one of the principles that I live by is is Jesus Christ said to treat other people the way you'd want to be treated yourself. Well, I wouldn't want to be attacked if I was starving to death. Uh, My problem was if an officer had seen me not turn my dog loose on that uh, boy, I could have been court-martialed. But I looked around, I didn't see anybody else. I knew enough Vietnamese that I spoke with the little boy and found out where he lived. And then I told him, you get out of here, don't you ever come back. And at the end of my uh, uh, duty time, uh, I would take a loaf of bread or a can of peaches or something. And when we drove by that little boy's home, I'd just shove it out the side of the truck. And I did this for quite a while and never thought too much about it until one night the little boy showed up at my bunker or at my barracks and said, G.I.B. in bunker at 8 o'clock tonight. And I didn't know exactly what to think, but at 8 o'clock we started getting rocketed. And from that point on, that little boy warned me of every single attack that was to come, and he knew it before our Army intelligence knew it. And very simply, uh, I was taking care of him, and he was taking care of me. Yeah. Wow, what a great story. And then, of course, there's a story, and we're speaking to Lee Halverson, Con Catchers of Soldiers, Memories of Vietnam. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, about the orphanage and how you had so many of your men eventually that helped you with the orphanage and what that was like. And that story came about because of these popcorn bombs and a baby crying, and that led you to... uh, creating these orf- this orphanage, what what happened there, and what was that like for you to see what it did to the men? Well, when I took the baby to the orphanage, the orphanage had been damaged by mortar fire. And 
I, I, when I married Jenny, I gave her my vow. I would be faithful to her. Now, most soldiers on a day off uh, like to go downtown and get drunk and have some female companionship. Uh, and I didn't do that because I was going to be faithful to Jim. So on my time off, I went to the orphanage and started repairing it. I put in windows and fixed doors and siding and what whatever it took. And one by one, the other guys in my company said, you know what, Dad, they called me Dad. Uh, I think my time would be better spent helping you at the orphanage than going downtown. And in time, most of my company all went to the orphanage on our time off. And all of these guys, it took one or two little kids that, in their mind, these are my kids. I remember one, his name was Arturo Wilhelmino Policelli. He's from the Bronx. He was a member of the uh, Sicilian Army back home. He had to carry six knives on him, but old time. He uh, he picked a little boy that had been hit in the face with the palm, and the palm had burned off his ears, his nose, his lips, his eyelids. It made you want to vomit just to look at him. He was just he was horribly, horribly uh, harmed. And Art would hold that little boy and cradle him and hum a song. It was just beautiful. Wow. Wow, so many stories like this in this fascinating book. What do you hope people take away from reading Concatchers? Well, I at least my experience so far in this is uh, I have had wives of ex uh, Vietnam veterans call me crying and saying, you know, my husband wouldn't say a word about what happened to him in Vietnam. But I got this book and I read it and I read some of your stories to him and now he's talking like a magpie. Mm-hmm. And we're closer now than we have ever been and I just wanted to call you and thank you. And the other is I've had uh, parents call me and say, I want my kid to read this book. I want him to or her to adopt the principles that you live by. Would you come to our church and do a book signing? So I've been asked to go to quite a number of churches where I have done a book signing Uh, answer people's questions. It's been a very enjoyable experience. Yep, you're having an impact, I would say, Lee. And we're out of time. People have to go and get this book, and they'll hear more of these stories. But what a big heart, what a wonderful story. Lee, thank you. You're more than welcome.
ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea naturally builds good cells and kills bad cells. So it's great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting an infection, diabetes, or cancer. To order, visit drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com, 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 
know we could train. Maybe we can't climb Kilimanjaro like she did, but we could do other steps and do other things. And she tells you how to do that. And, and she's done it herself. And so we're, we're going to talk about her trip to Kilimanjaro because I think it's awesome that she did that. And she's certainly done many other things as well. Just a quick little note on her background. How many times have you moved? She's moved at least 27 times when she was a kid, 13 different schools, right? There's no being shy if you go to 13 different schools. So Anne, thanks so much for hanging with us. Oh, I'm a little uncomfortable and shy about this, Kate, but it's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're shy. So, so first of all, tell us about Kilimanjaro. How'd that come about? Uh, I, I'm turning 50 next summer and a friend of mine and I were talking about doing safari. And I was like, how about we go to Kenya and do a safari? And then another friend said, while you're down there, why don't you climb Kilimanjaro? And I passed it by my friend and she said, yeah, that's always been a bucket list item of mine. And then, so I, I was always looking for things that make you uncomfortable. And, uh, so I said, yeah, let's do it. Wow. So, so you make, you make the commitment, you're going to do it. And then how do you get ready for that? You walk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the cool thing about Kilimanjaro, unlike. Everest. Everest requires technical climbing skills and there's a lot of danger and crevasses and all that stuff. Kilimanjaro is just a really hard hike. So any pedestrian who doesn't have the climbing skills can still very, very realistically do Kilimanjaro. So that was one of the motivating factors. Um, we read a lot. Um, we talked to a lot of people who'd been up there. So we kind of got some of the tips that they wish they'd known. And then we walked a lot. What was the, what was the, uh, what was the most challenging aspect of this? For me, you know, we each, it was interesting because there were three of us that went on this trip and we each had a sort of a different challenge. Mine was going down, interestingly, not that walking downhill was so hard, but for some reason I had set the peak in my head and I don't know whether I thought there was some magical fairy that was going to fly me down to the <laughs> bottom or what, but we got to the top and, and our guides were like, okay, it's time to go down. And I thought, oh crap. Now I have another 10 mile hike to get to where we sleep tonight. And that ended up being the most mentally challenging for me because I essentially set my goal for the top and that life kind of ended there, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you got to the top? What was that feeling like? Oh, it was. First of all, it was surreal because you're a little bit oxygen deprived. You're exhausted because you started that day at 11 o'clock the night before. Um, but you, you look at that sign that you've been waiting for eight months to look at and you're like, holy crap, I'm here. Like I did it. It's, you know, and we were all, of course, crying and our guides were worried about us. Like, why are you crying? We're like, we're so happy that we're here. <laughs> um, and then you try to remember all the pictures you were planning to take with all, you know, with your alma mater sign and your this is 50 sign and all this. And you're trying to remember all the things you were going to do when you got there. And then the guides are trying to get you down quickly because again, you're at 19,341 feet and there's not a whole lot of air up there. Um, so it was, it was surreal. It was fast. It was amazing. Um, and I got the, the main picture that I wanted. <laughs> and, and to do this whole thing, like you, you talk about, it's like a hard hike. How long did it take? So we did the, what's called the Coca-Cola route or the, um, 
Now I can't think of the name. But anyway, we did the five-day route. So it was three and a half days to the top. So we hiked every day for three days and then did the summit day and then a day and a half to get down. But on summit day, we started at 11 o'clock at night and didn't reach the actual summit probably four miles away until eight or nine o'clock in the morning. If it tells you how slow we were actually going and how steep it was. Yeah. Wow. And what's it like as you're moving along on that journey? I mean, what kind of what are you seeing as you get higher and higher? It's 11 o'clock at night. You're not seeing a darn thing. <laughs> um, no, no. From the from the gate where we started, it was cool because you go through lots of different ecological zones. You know, you start in the rainforest where you're seeing monkeys and lots of trees and thick jungly. And then you move into the moorland where it's more scrubby. Then you move into, I think, the Arctic desert is above that. So there's like very little plants. And then you get to the point where you're above the clouds, above 15,000 feet, and there's just rocks, nothing. It's like the moon. Um, and so it was neat to go through all those phases and kind of be able to mark your progress along the way. But on summit day between 11 p.m. and sunrise, really all you could see was the lines of headlights of the other hikers in front of you. And I finally got to the point where I was like, and don't look at them because they were really far away and really steep. And to think about getting to where they were was kind of overwhelming. So I saw a lot of my feet and the dirt under my ground, under my feet. Wow, the headlights. I mean, it's kind of, there's an an analogy, I think, buried in that somewhere because you talk about that, about discomfort. So to... To and you, you said to me off the air that you hunt discomfort. <laughs> so that you, you have a thing that I think you must do a mechanism where, hey, that's what you do. You, you knew that I don't want to look there because, oh my gosh, that's going to freak me out. Right. And so I think for people listening, there's a good lesson in that. Well, and, and that's, and that's a hundred percent the case. You know, one of the other people that I was hiking with, um, at about two in the morning, she had her, hard time and because she was looking at those headlights and and she was saying i can't go there like that i can't do that my body can't do that and uh, i asked her i said can you take 10 more steps look down can you take 10 more steps and she ended up just taking 10 steps and then taking 10 more steps and taking 10 more steps and that's such a good thing to think about when you're in the middle of something really uncomfortable when you're in the middle of a huge goal that feels unsurmountable don't look at the finish line don't look at where you're going because it's it'll get in your head just look down and take the next 10 steps or take the next one step um, I used that when I was in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, I'm thinking too big, shrink the bubble, just get through the next day. And that's a great way to move through discomfort um, a little bit easier. Ooh, I like that. Shrink the bubble. We're speaking with Ann Bonnie. She's a, chain ex- a change expert and a keynote speaker. And she climbed Kilimanjaro. Oh, my gosh. So you get to the bottom. You're done. You're through, so to speak. What's that celebration like? beer (laughs) um yeah no i mean because we didn't shower for five days we we were eating dehydrated hiking meals all the way up and snack bars and everything so we had a feast of delicious fresh food and the beers and we laughed and we looked at our pictures and we talked about the lessons and uh and it, it was then that it really hit like whoa we just did that 
Like we have now been to the top of Kilimanjaro. It was hard and we did it. And that will never go away. And that is worth all the hours of training and all the worry and the money and the, you know, discomfort all at the time uh, to be able to say, holy crap, I did that. So what will you and these friends do for an encore? <laughs> it's like asking somebody who just had a baby when they're going to have the next baby. <laughs> um What's my next? Uh, I bought a unicycle the other day. I think that's my encore is at 49 years old, learning how to ride a unicycle. <laughs> um, I think that's my next. But, you know, my next um, discomfort hunting encore, I think, is a 10 day silent meditation retreat. Ooh, right. Shifting the gears and looking at, OK, what have I not done? I've done a lot of physical challenges. Now I'm like. Can I shut up and sit down for 10 days? I don't know. That is tough, especially for a speaker. (laughs) (laughs) I intentionally created a job where I get to paid to speak. And now I'm going to go not talk for 10 days. (laughs) You can see how uncomfortable that'll be. I love that challenge. Hunting discomfort. It's awesome. You're awesome. So if people want to know more about you and Bonnie, where can they go? yourchangespeaker.com or anbonnie.com if you want to just make it easy. There you go. And thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. Great to chat. this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the no drone zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook, Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook, or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney, at Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com.